Hi, everyone. Welcome to the SAP HCM Insights podcast. I'm Steve Bogner, the managing partner at Insight Consulting Partners. Um, and here today with us, we have Jody Hayes-Roth, who's the vice president of global cloud HCM support at SAP SuccessFactors. Hi, Jody. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. And Good to be here. Yeah, thank you for joining us. So um, from the podcast team, we have Brandon Toombs and Amy Grubb, Luke Marson, Sven Ringling, and our newest member, the incredible Becky Murray. Okay, so um, just a reminder to listeners of the podcast, or if you're a new listener, you can find all of the podcasts at insightscp.com slash insights. Um, you can find them on SoundCloud. You can subscribe through iTunes or a uh, Google Play. Um, you can go old school and do an RSS feed if you want. Lots of places to find it. Um, so today we're talking about uh, SAP Success Factors uh, customer support with Jody, and we're really pleased to have her here with us to to talk about this because customer support is one of those things that makes a huge difference in people's experience with with a product. Um, Jody, you know the. The Success Factors product has been really successful. It's been grown at a good pace, and and I imagine this sort of growth on a global scale must have its challenges. So, I'm curious how how is your support organization changing or adapting or growing to support this growth on a global scale? Because it's just going to keep getting bigger, right? It is, and the growth is growth is phenomenal. So uh, we're very excited about that. But it it obviously makes us take a step back and think about support in a different way. Our customers are also demanding uh, different kinds of, of support as well. So the, the ways in which we're scaling are um, centered around a couple of things. One is around opening up new channels that are more suited to a more personalized experience uh, with our customers, offer them um, faster turnaround um, and discussion. So, Channels such as um, schedule an expert, where customers can um, schedule, pre-schedule an appointment with us to talk about a particular issue they're having. Mm -hmm. uh, the other one that has been very successful um, is chat. So not chat with a first-line uh, support person, but rather a an expert, someone who's you know ongoing answering uh, incidents as well. Mm -hmm. So those those channels have been great. We're also opening up further channels on social media to provide very targeted information out to our customers to help them uh, with their their questions and uh, uh, issues as they come back. Mm -hmm. I think the the third thing that I'm really excited about is we are working and continue to work closely with our product management and development teams to build more into the product to help customers. Things like guardrails, which um, for anybody who's doing new configuration or new implementation, there'll be certain guardrails that come up in the product that tell you um, perhaps what the best practice is around that configuration where mm -hmm. there may be limitations. And so those are the kind of things that I think are, are going to be really important as well as embedded help. Mm -hmm. Um, so that it's more contextual um, within the product and making sure. it easier to use. I like that concept of uh, putting in the guardrail notifications. Um, I've seen over my career, I've been doing this since too long, for a long time, 
Brandon's going to call me old man again. But um, <laughs> I, I've seen so many cases where people have uh, trouble with a product, but it's because they've gone outside those guardrails, right? And they've tried to do too much with it, or they've tried to bend it too far to do something. And it's really not a fault of the software or of SAP success factors, but it's a fault of just kind of going outside those guardrails, like you said. Exactly. So that's that's really the brainchild. And so we're, mm-hmm. we're working on that fast and furious. We're also putting in um, some configuration check, checker, if you will, that um, you can check the configuration as you're going, and it'll mm-hmm. provide where there might be possible issues. So that... All those things are more in the preventative measures. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the upfront piece. And then the second piece is is obviously the way to personalize our service more for our customers and make it easier for them. Sure. Jody, first of all, thanks uh, thanks a lot for being on this podcast. I, I, I know that um, uh, for all of it, I can speak for all of us that we're that that support is near and dear to us because uh, we, we interact a, a lot. And um, I can say personally, I've seen a lot of progress over the last uh, year, year and a half. So I uh, thank you for that. And thanks for um, being on and, and talking to, with us today. Um, uh, so the one thing I wanted to kind of ask you about is uh, what the process looks like um, for moving f- uh, whenever uh, a ticket is closed, uh, making sure that that those changes um, re- are reflected in a, in a knowledge base article, a KBA, um, because uh, oftentimes uh, whatever the resolution is of that uh, ticket is something that uh, other uh, customers could benefit from as well. Wondered if you wondered if you could talk about that real quick. What yeah. that process looks like. Knowledge management is certainly key to to helping customers, and we're attacking it in a in a few different ways. So, uh, the first and most important from a preventative standpoint is we are now getting our product management team involved. So anything that will go to our engineering team that um, we need assistance with that isn't a bug or a defect. Um, but perhaps the documentation isn't as adequate as it needs to be, or the configuration seems to be more difficult than it needs to be. The product management team is now responsible for doing a root cause analysis and then taking whatever required action to make sure that it it doesn't happen again. Uh, Changes in the product, changes documentation, et cetera. Mm -hmm. That's one piece. The second piece is working more closely with our user assistance group who writes the product documentation to help fill in any gaps or make sure they understand where we're getting the most issues and then um, pushing that user documentation. And then the third is my team, the support team, um, will write a knowledge base article or update one after each incident. I will tell you, that as we've talked about in the past, it's a work in progress um, so that we're making um, sure that the documentation is, is robust enough. But that is part of their responsibility. It's not just to close the incident. So mm-hmm. there's some cultural change that goes on. Um, but that is that's what we're hard and fast working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good approach, because if if. If we can learn from learn from the support questions, right, and interrupt or intercept them before they come back around from other people, then um, you know that's that's fewer calls for your organization. But also, I think it's it's 
happier customers too because um you know no matter how good a support organization is we 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 don't want to have to call support right we don't want to have to call on support we want to to get our things done and and um you know so if we can reduce those that's great i think that's great yeah the other thing that we're doing is cleaning up the knowledge base and and um making it easier to find into the, uh knowledge base articles mm-hmm. because sometimes that is the problem um and also working again back with user assistance if if there's any uh, conflicting information out there sure yeah hi jody i was curious for our newer sap and success factors listeners on the line would you just walk us through what happens when a customer does in fact enter a ticket or request some sort of help or assistance what happens behind the scenes to get them um, assistance and to get the item resolved? So thanks, Becky, for that question. Um, happy to happy to do it at a high level. So our team, my team is organized and trained around specific topic areas, uh, product pillars, as well as cross pillars. So we have a skills database that uh, comes in. We're able to assess where the right expertise is and within which region. Uh, we like to stay within the region, if at all possible, that the customer's in. So it gets then assigned to a queue of that individual. And then based on the priority level, um, it gets picked up um, and we start the analysis process um, and go about finding the, if we don't, if the individual doesn't have the right expertise to work and kind of swarm around with their other colleagues to get the best answer and or we work with our engineering or operations colleagues to get the the right response. Mm-hmm. Was that helpful or want to ask yes. another? No, that's very helpful. I, I think, um, you know, sometimes on the customer side, not familiar with the structure, they kind of put the question in and then they wonder what it what is happens. that's happening behind the scenes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We're really emphasizing doing a lot more personal contact with the customers as well. So if there are questions um, that aren't necessarily answered or clarification needed, our, our team is picking up the phone and having that conversation with the customers. Again, it's all along the lines of making it more personal to their situation, as well as uh, we believe that's faster to resolution. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny that you say that because I have been hearing that feedback from customers. Um, you know, because I'll ask on the follow-up status of a ticket, and um, they'll mention that they received a phone call about it, which in the past is not something that would normally have happened. So they're definitely okay. noticing the higher touch. That's great. So er- earlier, Jody, you talked about um, new support channels, and, and the one I'm curious about is the, the social media channel. Um, could you describe a little more about um, what you're doing with that and and, and sort of how you want to position that compared to the other support channels? So uh, certainly. So the, the two main channels, the, the, the biggest one we're using right now is WhatsApp. And okay. that's where we're pushing out um, content or relevant topics where we know we're getting a high volume of questions or there may be, um, you know, some confusion or a new, perhaps new feature that we want to, customers to be aware of. So we're pushing 
that that info in WhatsApp. The the second one that we're going to be building upon is Twitter, mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's the same same type of thing. Is uh, we want to be able to push content out there that is relevant to customers based on you know the type of questions that we're getting and kind of what's hot, mm-hmm. whether it's around a release, whether it's around a new product feature, so on and so forth. Jody, this is Amy. And I just wanted to say that I've been loving um, the stuff that you guys are putting out on Twitter. It always seems to be timely. um, And I've been retweeting it, um, you know, all the time. So kudos to you guys on that. It's a great, Mm -hmm. um, a great forum to get that information out there. Yeah, we just knew we need to do more marketing. So our customers are aware and are following um, both WhatsApp as well as as Twitter, so that we what? can get more out. I'd be curious, in your opinion, should we focus just on one, or should we go multi-channel? Hmm. I personally think multi-channel is the way to go, <clears throat> because not everybody is on Twitter, and not everybody's on WhatsApp. So <clears throat> you reach more people that way, I think. Right. Speaking, speaking of Twitter, what is the handle for that? We can go ahead and get some advertising out right now. I got it. It's at... SAP cloud support. Great. Great. Hi, Jody. This is Sven. I have one channel that I'm quite interested in to see what their strategy is, and that's the directly channel. Uh, I've been involved in an early pilot, and I've seen that it's now uh, coming back. Uh, is this something you, you, you want to count more on in future, or is it just a sideline trial? So I'm glad you asked that because this is, we are doing our second pilot on directly. And so this is a company who's managing um, our peers um, and colleagues around, um, certainly at SAP mentors, um, partners, um, experts in success factors to give our customers another channel um, to get answers to their questions. So they have the opportunity right now on the launch pad to ask a expert peer, and then it can go directly um, out to one of our peers that's been certified. So there is a certification process. We don't just uh, allow anybody to sign up Mm -hmm. for it. Um, And then it's timely, obviously timely responses back to, to our customers on those issues. So we're trying to, again, it's about opening up more channels for the expertise and for our customers to get very timely responses. Mm-hmm. So if it's, if it's successful, we're, we're still early days in it. We saw um, on the first pilot high customer satisfaction, but we didn't generate enough volume. So we're really trying to get out there and market it more so customers know exactly what, what that channel is. The, the one thing I was considering when I saw it, because those who answer questions, they, they get a reward, don't they? And they do. I was thinking in the long term, might it actually cannibalize on other channels, on, on the community where peers help peers because they like helping people. And, and now this kind of intrinsic motivation of I want to help my peers gets maybe damaged by, oh, I, I only answer a question if somebody pays me something for it. Have, mm-hmm. have you thought about this? Have you had some motivational psychologist involved <laughs> in the process? <laughs> uh, no, psycho- no psychologist. It is a very minimal um, 
amount that that they are paid. Uh, but I would be interested to get in in all of yours uh, expertise and opinion on how we should follow that or yeah. how we might go forward. You know, it, this is new to me. I didn't know about the directly effort. Um, uh, and, you know, I think one of the challenges I would have if I was doing that is, um, you know, fitting in the time to do a good job on it, right? Um, and I think that um, it, it's good that you certify people, but but also, um, I guess I, I wonder, are there any parameters, Jody, around um, timeliness of, of the responses or anything like that? Because I can see if, if, you know, someone gets busy and they get, you know, a couple of these uh, queries from directly in their queue that you'd, you'd want to have them be timely about it. But if, if they're really busy doing other things, I don't know if that is an issue or not. It's monitored by directly. So okay. they're responsible for monitoring. We have not seen that as uh, an issue. Okay. And we haven't heard customers yet. Uh, it, you know, show concern about that. So it hasn't, it hasn't materialized in that way. Mm-hmm. But again, it, you know, I think it depends on the, the volume that goes into that channel. True. And, True. and I would hope that the people that are signed up, the experts that are signed up wouldn't take something on or wouldn't mm-hmm. respond to a question if they didn't have the feel they had the time to respond properly. Sure. Yeah. I think it's all about having enough experts on, so there's always somebody who is available, and and I can I can confirm that the the test is serious because first time I thought it might not be, and I did it after a few drinks at the evening reception of the Vienna Success Connect, and I failed first time and I had to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good good to know. <laughs> you cannot drink and take the test and pass. Well, that's a good test. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. I would like to hear a little bit more about the uh, experience so far with the chat um, and, and what that's done to resolutions. I can say from personal experience that as it's, as it's evolved, I've really gotten some things out of it because what it allows you to do is a lot of that initial back and forth, trying to clarify what the issue is. Uh, you can get that out of the way much, much quicker and get right down to what the issue is. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to be able to resolve the issue right then and there, um, but it can it can uh, eliminate a lot of that upfront work where they're, you're, you're trying to make sure that they understand what the issue is um, and and. Also, sometimes it does actually result in a resolution right then and there, but mm-hmm. uh, it, at minimum, it does uh, really speed up the clarification process. So I just wanted—I was just curious from a from a quantitative standpoint to see, you know, what what's been the impact of the expert uh, chat. Well, we're really we're quite encouraged by chat. So we are up to about twenty percent of our volume is coming through chat right now. Wow. We aspire to get to about 50%. And even so that's grown in March, it was two to 3% up to 20% at the end of the year. So good, good uptake on it. Uh, it will continue to grow that as, as customers talk about it, as we market it more. Mm-hmm. But a, a couple key facts that are quantitative are CSAT scores tend to be four to five points higher. So customers uh, are enjoying it. The average chat is around 
um, 30 minutes. Um, some, some are obviously shorter. If we get into it and we know we're going to have to do some diagnostics um, and gather some information, what we then do is create the incident on behalf of the customer and take it from there. So it's not a loss. They don't, the customer's not required to do any more work, but we want to make sure that we've got all the information. And to your point, Chad is really allowing us to get a lot of the upfront stuff out of the way. It doesn't require, it's more real time, obviously, isn't it ping-ponging back and forth in uh, the incident. So satisfaction's mm -hmm. higher. Um, our success rate on chat in terms of first resolution is around 70%. I'd like it to be higher than, I'd like it to be around 80%, knowing that some come in. Um, it's intended for new incidents, mm -hmm. um, but we do see some customers using it as a mechanism to ask questions about an incident that they had already logged. Mm -hmm. So just a, just from a listener standpoint, it's really intended to be for, for new incidents. Mm -hmm. But we're going to continue to expand it. Obviously, our team is evolving and continues to get better at chat. It, was, it wasn't something that they had been used to before. Um, and, you know, we're looking at who really likes to do it um, and perhaps um, operationally organizing around it in a slightly different manner to, to even make it more effective for our customers. I think the chat's great. Mm -hmm. um, I use it quite often. I tell all my customers about it and that, you know, how great it is and to use it. I think it's especially good for new customers um, who aren't familiar with logging tickets. The ticket logging process through the support portal isn't always that intuitive. So um, I think the chat feature is really nice. I've also used it to check the status of some open tickets once or twice and have been really pleased um, you know, with, with the results there. So there's a little bit of, you know, I can tell like sometimes, you know, they have to ask the questions that, you know, are wrote which is a little frustrating, but um, it's overall, I've been really pleased with it. I wonder, Jody, does it um, something that you guys might consider is identifying at the beginning of the chat if um, the person you're chatting with is a customer or a partner? I wonder if, you know, if the chat might go differently from your perspective if you're talking to a partner versus knowing that you're talking to a customer. Yeah, I, I don't think that it would make a difference. I mean, it kind of treated us as questions, <laughs> well, but I, I think you would hope that it, we would ask some of the basic questions. Right. Um, and to be honest with you, there's quite a wide variety of knowledge within the, the partner community as well. Mm -hmm. And so, that was very <laughs> diplomatic. Yeah, that's, that was very that is diplomatic. diplomatic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is there Anything that um, that we haven't discussed that you would like to bring up and make sure that it gets communicated? I don't think so. I mean, it, it is really about we've got great energy within the organization working end to end. Mm -hmm. And that continues to evolve to starting with product management, our development team, our professional services and support teams. We've got a lot of energy around the prevention pieces yeah. and the ways that we can help customers in a, a more effective manner. So I'm really, I, I'm really energized about what we're we're doing and what we're coming out with. Yeah, 
Well, it sounds like you have a great plan and a great framework in place. Um, and, you know, I think um, we all ad admire you for the for the job you have because customer support is, is challenging to begin with. And then to have uh, the sort of growth you're looking at, um, I think adds a whole new dimension to it. So, but, you know, there's all the new support channels you've talked about and, and the, the new features and the ways of interacting with support and the guardrails and documentation, all of that. And, um, you know, I, I'm really impressed. I think um, I think it's a, it's a great framework for moving forward. So um, congratulations, I guess I would like to say. Our journey's not over, but thank you. It'll, it, we've continued to reach milestones and our team's, our team's pretty excited about what, what's to come and what they've already accomplished. So I appreciate, I appreciate all of your support. I know how much you, you guys help and, and market what we're doing as well as, you know, what I really encourage everybody is provide feedback. Mm -hmm. We're very open to feedback and it only makes us better. So we like to hear the good and we also like to hear the bad. Oh yeah, knowing knowing what you did uh, uh, poorly on is one of the best ways to improve. And it, absolutely, I mean we all make mistakes. And and I've uh, if, as a consultant, I've told people that um, you know I've learned just as much from the mistakes I've made as the ones that I've been successful on, right? And any consultant who tells you that they haven't made mistakes is uh, not actually consulting. So, amen. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, well, Jody, it's been a marked, like, visible improvement since you've been on board and support. Absolutely. Very much agreed. I appreciate it. it I've got a big team behind me that, that is really the, the key. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks, Jody, for uh, your time. And thanks to the whole podcast team for participating in this. And uh, uh, again, you can find it at insightcp.com slash insights, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.